Welcome back to the X Podcast, where truth is king and love reigns supreme. Wow! Hey, what That's if it's intro. not someone's? What if it is someone's first time listening? You know what? If it's your first time listening, you still welcoming them back. I am welcoming you. I'm welcoming people back and to this long table with uh, the other Moore, mm-hmm. Mr. Tim Moore, mm-hmm. and Mr. Zachary Brown. More or less. More or less. More or less. What can Brown do for you? Wow. Ooh. Was that, that UPS. Was your, that was your elementary school. UPS logo. Or quote, catchphrase. Motto. It was. It like just it writes itself. I mean, what else do you need to do? What can Brown just do for you? Put that on a, uh, actually, funny story, but I'll tell you guys off air Uh-oh. about a student campaign slogan that I came up with. I can only imagine. I can only yeah. imagine. It was probably like, what can Brown do for you? Nope. Oh. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. It's why can't you say it on the air? Uh, can't. Why? What? It's inappropriate. Why be black and blue? Let Brown help you. It just is it inappropriate. Well, when, at the time it was not inappropriate, but oh. now. Oh, <laughs> I think I have an idea. Yeah. It, it has an oh. age. It has an age. Imagine. If you, <laughs> I've got uh, a lot of ideas running through my head right now of what you said. <laughs> Are you brown? All right. Okay. So, anyways, uh, let me turn your frown upside down. Did you do something really culturally inappropriate like that? Uh, no. Okay. No. That would have been inappropriate. So, we, in all transparency, okay, text it to me. I really want to know. Are following up uh, just minutes later from the podcast we released last Friday uh, to dive into a conversation that we originally planned to have. I feel like we had a good one though. But wanted to riff a little bit off your last message from the me and three, mm. not the meet and three, nope. the me and three, yeah, uh, where you know you've inspired us, our lives passing by, the cumulative effect of all of our patterns mm-hmm. and what we're doing with our lives, who we need to become. We've written a future letter to ourselves, and then in the last week, you talked about okay, if we're gonna do that, we got to create margin to do it. Yeah, we got to create time. We got to create space. And uh, you could just tell it really, really resonates. Create space to create the life you want to live. That was it. Yeah. I love it. Write that down. Create space. Sounds like a tagline. To create the life you want to live. It does. Sounds like a book tagline, doesn't it? I love it. But what I was not anticipating is you went into a tension that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. As you're going through Ecclesiastes Proverbs uh, about, on one hand, there's an extreme that some people will lean towards of busyness, and mm-hmm. on the other hand, an extreme of laziness. Mm-hmm. What, what were the verses? I know Ecclesiastes two hands. four verses four through six. Yeah, and it was like oh, better. T- yeah, it, it says a fool fold, a fool folds their idle hands, and their life turns to ruin. Mm-hmm. And then it says um, better to have one hand with peace or tranquility than to have two handfuls, two handfuls of. Uh, Success, depending on the translation, and chasing after the wind. Which is interesting. You know, my internal rebuttals, I was thinking through, not re- rebutting what you were saying, but... Re- my, rebutting scripture? Okay, yeah. No. Well, <laughs> my, well what, hit, what hit me was another scripture. Oh. Uh, and I don't remember the address of it, but it's the, it's the one that basically says, hunt in the morning and at night, you never know which one will... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I need to, I I need so. to find the verse. I've heard T.D. Jakes preach on. He's like, oh. he's like, go after it in the morning and at night. You never know which one's gonna. Act. I don't have a great T.D. Jakes impression, yeah. but um, <laughs> anyways, it was just really interesting because what maybe you didn't know is Zachary and I offline, and me and Pastor Jesse 
uh, offline had some interesting conversations this week on this whole concept of kind of hustle versus health, speed versus going slow. And to be honest, it's a really personal thing for me. Mm -hmm. Starting back in 2015, probably a decade ago, one of my top prayers, honestly, this may sound weird, one of my top prayers that to this day, there's seasons where I feel the pain of it so much that it's almost like a pleading, is a pleading, God, teach me rhythms for my life. I feel like I was kind of, I was a bit transparent about this in, in the book I wrote that I feel like there's been seasons in my life where I'm addressing this or addressing that, that I've, I feel like, I know it sounds really spiritual, God has instead put his finger on my rhythms, mm-hmm. on my pace. Mm-hmm. That's why back in like 2015, 2016, the whole idea of Sabbath became so big for me because mm-hmm. I've always been a restless person by nature. Yeah. You know, going back to my mom, when I was a kid, Russ, you do not know how to be still. You do not know how to, you know. And I, I realized that the, the deeper life that, that I've always longed to walk with God is connected um, to a life where there's more and more time for introspection, more and more time for my soul to catch up. And so the idea of Sabbath, a day a week to hit reset, be a little bit more still, go a little bit slower, has been huge for me uh, for a long time. It's the first thing I ever bought for my team when I moved here to Lancaster. I bought them all books on Sabbath and just yeah. the idea of health. So it's really big for me. At the same time, I've always been a very driven person who feels this urgency of I want to make my life count, and there's things that I want to accomplish, and there's things that I want to do. And then there's also, in in, in the middle of that, there's there's a side of me that's just like everybody else in life where I'm like, I don't know if you ever feel, I feel like you don't ever feel like this, but there's this part of me that at times feels like, man, am I ever going to get my to-do list done? I feel like in the middle of who I want to become, in the middle of what I want to accomplish, there's all the like diligence stuff of I need to get this thing cleaned. I need to pay this bill. I need to run this errand. I need to, and at times it's almost, maybe it's just, I'm just over analytical. It's almost driven me crazy. And, and if you're anything like me, I'll listen, you listen to different communicators and whether it's secular or spiritual, they all seem to be saying something different. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of secular spiritual communicators um, are like, you need to go for it. You got one life. You need to hurry. You need to, you know, and then there's a lot both in spiritual and even secular realm now since COVID that are like, no, more like slow down, be healthy. Like look at the flowers, you know, whatever. And so I think there's a, for me, I just want to make this personal for me. It's been a very personal like Mm -hmm. journey of figuring out and it doesn't look different. It doesn't look the same for everybody. Yeah. But trying to figure out what, what are healthy rhythms. And so anyways, we got on a conversation because two faith leaders that I think the three of us both really respect uh, approach this topic from different angles. Um, you know, uh, Earl McManus, one of the things that he talks a lot about is the power of speed. I was telling Jesse, I even listened to a podcast recently. Uh, it, was, it was in the arena session where they were trying to pin him down on it. And he made a statement that kind of caught me off guard. He said, to be honest, I connect speed with character. And I think what he was really getting at is more like of the urgency of when you know to do the right thing. Mm. And m- moving with intention when you know what's right. Mm-hmm. And, and he would definitely differentiate intention and speed from hurry and franticness. Right. Um, but he is very big. Like he said in this arena session, um, I think I'm allowed to say this out loud, uh, but this arena session, he, he said, uh, to be honest, I think most of the world goes way too, way too slow. Mm. 
He said the urgency of how much the world needs to be changed and the potential of what is inside of people's souls, mm. people go way too slow. Mm. And he goes, I think it ruins their lives. <laughs> um, on the other end, there's this whole journey I've been on from the contemplatives and a guy that we all respect, John Mark Homer, who one of his books that changed my life, I think you would say, was a had an impact on you. Ruthless Elimination Hurry goes from back to that Dallas Willard quote. Very big on the, the slowing down. And so we had, you know, just conversations on what's, what's, you know, from the itinerant intersectionists, what, what is the intersection of these two truths? And so anyways, yeah. And then you went into it on Sunday. I just thought it was fascinating. That is interesting. Um, You know, I think, I think I, maybe it's, maybe it's the question out of how we see them. You know, this is also the whole idea of conflicting ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are these conflicting ideas or are they not? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe your lens, your perspective on how you see them, they could be, they might not be. I, I do remember there was a time listening to a podcast where I think um, Irwin did bring up uh, John Mark Comer. Mm-hmm. And I just remember him <laughs> talking about him, like where he's like, you like, no, nah, I disagree to a certain extent. I think there's a lot of things they agree about, I'm sure. But, you know. Yeah. Um, pace, maybe one of them. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's a, a difference between, like, I, I'd agree with Irwin in the regard of. I think maybe, and I don't. I didn't hear the whole context mm-hmm. of what he was saying to Rena, and the context makes a big difference, mm-hmm. obviously, in mm-hmm. something like this, an idea that everything moves too slow. I think we can easily look at the world around us right now and go, "It's." I, I'm, I'm almost assuming this is maybe what he's trying to say, but we can see that there are real problems. Mm-hmm. And we are going nowhere, and we really need to move quicker to fix them. You know, yeah. you can look at, wow, there's how many people are dealing with food insecurity around the world? How many people are like, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll come up with a solution. We shouldn't go too fast. Now, there's some areas where you need to move fast mm-hmm. and speed up. I think there's a difference between moving at a fast speed and, and being hurried mm-hmm. by being distracted all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, I think to, for me, it's like, you know, you can move fast if you're going on a straightaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If there's a whole lot of twists and turns, then you have to slow down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wonder if these as conflicting ideas, how, how conflicting are they, if you were to nuance them and kind of peel back the layers a little bit, are they that conflicting? Yes, no, maybe. I do feel like that in Western society, there is a pace that our culture moves. Mm-hmm that I don't think is always healthy for the soul. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I, I feel like I, I would caveat that and say we got to be careful that it's not a blanket statement that um, we, we squash motivation, inspiration, people that want to run and create things because I think that there needs to be space for that because I also feel like it's, I feel like I've been in seasons of my life where it feels suffocating to stay where I am. Mm-hmm. There's like, I, I, I need to be creating something. I need to be moving somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those are interesting ideas. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think they're, they, I can see how they can conflict. Mm-hmm. And, well, well, the, you're good. well, I was reading a recent work by John Mark Comer, and, and he makes the statement. Um, a brag or whatever? No, it's not a brag. <laughs> a lot, uh, but it's really good. Um, he makes this statement. He just says, if you're going to be a Christ follower, he even, he even just removes the punches, or excuse me, removes like the, 
the subtlety of this. He goes, I'm just going to hit you with the truth. Um, if you're going to be a Christ follower, you're going to have to find ways to intentionally unhurry your life. Now, he did, I guess, I want to say nuance a little bit. He said that's going to look different for everyone. So for some people, that's just a few different adjustments mm-hmm. and and figuring some different things out. For some people, it's going to look radically different. Um, I think it really just depends on your personality and who you are. Um, but I do think, and I told you when we were having this conversation, similar to um, what Pastor Tim just said, I there I can see how like there would be a conflict of ideas, but I also think that um, to me there are more tensions to hold, and so it's like how do you how do you live a life of intentionality? Mm-hmm. What Erwin would want everyone to do, but also how do you at the same time um, not be distracted? by a lot of peripheral things yeah. that I think if we're being really honest with, like if we're really being honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. we get distracted by a lot here in Western culture. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, no, I was just going to say when I was, the whole idea of unhurrying your life, I, I kind of goes back to what I was a little bit talking about in that last message. I think it's the, the the analogy that I used, right, is is one is like, are you a light bulb or a laser? Mm-hmm. And it's the same same wattage can light a room or could cut through metal. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge is, I, the question is, I don't know if we need to always slow down. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I really agree with probably Irwin in that regard. I don't know that we need to slow down. And my tendency is to go fast at everything. So I'm naturally going to go. Slowing down for me is really hard. But I do agree. I think part of the problem is is that we have dist- we have added so many things to our life that mm-hmm. aren't important mm-hmm. that have become competing distractions mm-hmm. that we feel hurried in our soul. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, when we have all of these competing distractions, I think we're less effective. Mm-hmm. We're less efficient. Mm-hmm. We're not making progress this is the part where everyone's go we need to actually be creating more and, and doing this and we're not because we're more diffused mm-hmm. than we've ever been mm-hmm. in life and that that was a little bit of the point of just kind of trying to make like in every season narrow your focus yeah and and choose what matters yeah mm-hmm. and i think we're not very good at that yeah. no just no. as a society i don't think we're very good at it. we just keep adding more and technology just enables us to add more and more and Kind of as the quote, what I said, when everything matters, nothing, nothing matters. matters. Yeah. Uh, okay, I let's land here. Because to me, this is a very frustrating thing to deal with. Okay. Because um, I'm someone who wants to go fast. I have a lot of hopes, dreams, things I would like to do. But I'm, I find myself in a season of life, and we reference this, yeah. where there's a lot of just things that prevent me from doing that. Mm-hmm. Part of it is just like... Um, you know, it's like, how do I be a good father to four kids to be a good husband? How do I like make sure my kids have opportunity and like what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and providing, you know, space for them to, to have good relationships and, and become like normal human beings. Um, and also like maintain ties with friends and also have a little bit of time to like work on the things I want to work. Like just doing, it feels like the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. feels like I'm already hurrying my life or my focus is already diffused in enough way. So I find myself in a very real, between a rock and a hard place, it's like, well, 
what do I actually take away? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to take away or what well, to do. To me, the first thing that you have to remove are some expectations. Well, because I think what we have what is that we're carrying right expectations of, we, again, let's go back to, you know, what, what Solomon says, and quote verse 4, is he says, one of the things that I've seen is that everyone's drive for success comes from their envy of their neighbor. Mm-hmm. And our entire culture is just built on, we don't, re- we don't realize this. And so he's getting into kind of a deeper motive that on the surface, we could look at someone and applaud, l- look at how uh, hardworking, look at how motivated they are, look at how inspiring they are, what they're trying to, I'm going to create and build this empire. I'm going to do all this stuff. And he's saying, yeah, I know I was you. <laughs> I did that. And it was meaningless. It was like chasing after the wind. Is literally the phrase that gets yeah. used over and over in Ecclesiastes because he's looking back and he's going, I did all that. Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. too. I built everything you can imagine, had everything you could imagine. I was the wealthiest, uh, you know, and, and he's looking back. And I think one of the challenges that we have today in our culture is that we carry with us tons of expectations in life that I don't, I think they're unrealistic. Not that we can never do them, but right now. It's like, I, I, I want to do, you know, we can look at somebody like, Erwin McManus, and you go, man, I wish I was doing all that he's doing. Well, you're also not 65 years old. Mm. You're also not in a different season of life. You have to remember some of the things. I, I keep one of the things that I remember that, that came through in one of their podcasts that I, has been really encouraging me because the pressure that you feel, I probably also feel as every year that ticks off and I get a year older, I just keep looking and going, I'm a year older and I'm still not where I imagined in my head I would love to have been someday. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's just every year. I mean, like, oh, I just keep sure. creeping up and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm just getting older and older and I am not anywhere close to like what I would picture. Yeah, but then this is where I devil's advocate to Irwin's side of things. And, and I would imagine, I don't want to put words in his mouth or, or it's just me working out what I'm hearing him say. Um, it's, you know, he had kids once. He had young kids. He tell tell stories of him traveling around and taking his kids with him and doing different things like that. Sure. So it's like, well, then you should be going for those things. You should be trying to achieve mm-hmm. or, or moving towards the things that you want to focus on with intentionality and with purpose. And it just it just feels like this is where this is what you were trying to say. It does feel like sometimes they are conflicting mm-hmm. and and they. They work cross purpose at times. Yeah, it almost seems like you have to. And this sounds so cliche. But you have to just like in each season define the wins. What's that? What's that? Annie Stanley book of like choose to cheat or choose to lose, whatever. Oh, oh gosh, what is it? I know what you're but, talking but the about. The whole thing was he talks about like yeah. how like he had oh. built like a, a thing in his basement to play music. Yeah, but when his kids were young, he chose to like get rid of it so he wouldn't be tempted. Mm-hmm. I do think like everybody has different graces for different things. Mm-hmm. I do think we have to factor in like everybody has different callings for different things. Yeah. Um, and I do think we have to factor in like, okay, what's the season for this? And I, and I also think like in every season, like we may not be living in what we believe God's calling us to in our dream, but we can take steps towards it. Yep. Um, and as we take steps towards it, because I think, you mentioned this in passing, like, and I don't know if this answers your question. Like, I don't know that any of us have specific answers for all of our quandaries, but like, for me, part of where I'm finding peace is, and I almost hate it because it's such a buzzword right now, is 
between hustle and health is the word intention. Mm-hmm. Um, because kind of you mentioned distraction. Like for me, I'm having to find that line. Number one, uh, I am single with no kids. So part of me is like, you know what? Like I want to be healthy, but this is my season to go for it. Like even, you know, even, even like I should take advantage of this because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in every season where I'm, I, I wish for more opportunity or relate or whatever it is, <laughs> I always look back. I'm like, man, I kept wishing for more of this. I wish I would have enjoyed more of that. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it, and that's one of the reasons, honestly, I respect Irwin so much. He has this weird ability to be very ambitious, but enjoy each moment yeah, and be fully present with people. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to speak for him, but I think for me, like where my tension is meeting and what I'm working through is I want to be, I want to give myself fully to the process of writing, preparing messages, mm-hmm. traveling, going after things, but also make sure that I am just as intentional about my conviction that people are the most important mm-hmm. and that I'm, when I'm with people, I'm present. And that when, I mean, for me, just practically the way, the way this can, the way this can play out is I'm, I'm going from one place to another and and before, I'd be in a hurry. I'd, I'd have a bunch of music on, or I'd be trying to do this. Now, honestly, I'm like, I'm going to call my parents. I'm going to call a friend, and I'm going to slow down. That would be my slowing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to slow down and have longer conversations. And then at night, I'm going to work on something. I mean, like, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a real, like, even the last few weekends, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've been working through this because I, I think a big part of it, too, is We feel, I, I heard Erwin say this like six years ago, a lot of times what we think is burnout mm-hmm. is actually not us doing too much. Not doing it's enough. doing too much of what wrong. we're not called to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like the last week or two, I've been having to prepare a message for a youth weekend. I've been preparing a message for the Sunday, and I have been uh, bone deep, not just in my duties here, but in editing a book. But the creative juices I've gotten yep. from that have yep. lit me on fire. Yep. I've had more on my plate, but I have felt more alive and less stressed because I'm doing. I'm. I'm and you can't always control all of that. Yeah. I think a big part of, and this this is honestly where Aaron always challenges his dad. He's like, Dad, not everybody, because you know Irwin's response is, "Well, create the life that you want to have." Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron's like, Dad, not everybody can realistically do yeah. that as easy as you can. Yeah. And it's probably what you're speaking to. Not yeah. everybody can like. So there, I don't know that there's an answer. There is a tension, yeah. uh, but I, but I I do think part of it goes back to priorities. Like, you know this. You're and you're such a great dad. Like you just are so present i i've told you before i think you actually do an incredible job Mm -hmm. of like balancing this grace and this rhythm for and that's another thing i do believe god gives different graces for different seasons and i think you do a great job of balancing like here's my work but you get home and you're present and you're and your dad to these great girls and you know choosing to win there Mm -hmm. and lose somewhere else is something you'll never regret yep choose to lose um that's just a lot of rambling but like for me i think that's where it's coming down to is like how can i be because I think sometimes we do feel stressed. Sometimes we're doing too much. Other times we're just doing too much of what we're not wired to do yeah. or we don't need to do. Yep. Or I'm getting tired at night and so I, I'm, I'm 
weary and I'm frustrated instead of allowing myself, this would be John Mark Comer, to have some silence on the way home, I'm going to self-medicate with Colbert or some loud music or, you know, and, and so, so for me, it's just like, how can I be intentional in all my moments Yeah. Mm-hmm. to move the ball forward when I can prioritize? Like just, I know I'm rambling, but like, like this past weekend, like I made sure on all my days, even when I was, it was a full day, just riding or full day or whatever that I had community, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had dinners, I had lunches. I'm and it, cause it'd be easy for me as much as extra as I am. I can introvert hard. Yeah. When I'm working on a book, I, I could be so yeah. happy to disappear from humans for weeks. Yeah. And I have to like make myself come up for air. Yeah. Because speaking of priorities and focus, people is a priority for me. My yeah. soul needs to be around people. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's good. I you know, I think that um what I've worked out over the last mm, probably eight to twelve months is that it, you talked about expectations. You know, I think mm-hmm. it is adjusting expectations. I there's a lot of things that I want to accomplish in three years and five years and whatever, and I have pretty specific plans for that. But I think for me, I I keep coming back to okay. I might not accomplish those things in five years, but if I can work on a portion of the skill or something mm-hmm. now, so that when the opportunity comes to do that, I'm sure. ready. Yeah. And so that's how I'm trying to balance like mm-hmm. okay, I don't need to like go actually do that right now, mm-hmm. but how do I work on the right. skill mm-hmm. or the thing that can yeah. help me be ready to mm-hmm. do that. This could be a sharpen your sword season. Mm-hmm. Cuz even like feels like a really long sharpening <laughs> well, sword. But like season. but what's beautiful is like uh, I mean, you yeah, said 30 years. You, back, like but. you know this, like the the editing process is yeah, brutal. I mean, the editing process is brutal. Like, I and I'm cutting and chipping away, but there's things that I like spend all that time on that I cut away. It's like that's a waste. Mm-hmm. And then, before I know it, that thing and I'm putting it out of a cutting room floor, hopefully for future projects. But then I'm like, oh wow, the next day I'm like, I was able to use that in a conversation to help somebody. Right. Yeah. Oh wow, I was able to bring that into a message that yeah. I'm going to yeah. preach. And I think we underestimate when we live life well, the reservoir we're building. Yeah. For what we're going to create. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, mm. to John Mark Comer's point, it's just hard to live that way in Western, I should say, American culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everything that you see on social media, that you like, you see around you or you hear like you just you hear people talking about what they're doing what they're building what their dreams are it's just hard not to play the comparison game yeah it's hard not it's just, it's hard not Let's to uh to to look at reels or whatever scroll and just like um oh i wish i was doing that i wish i had that i wish that was my career i wish that was my house i wish that was yeah. the project i was completing and it's yeah you, you know a perfect example of this is fine or ever shared this when i flew to vegas in 2022 for that punk rock festival thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I went and I saw the two magicians. I saw all these punk rock bands. My friends talked me into going to this. We put our fingers on the submit button at the same time. Oh, and yeah, it sold yeah. out. And I got a ticket they didn't. So I'm stuck with this expensive, non-refundable ticket. And I decided to take advantage of it. And I, the first day, walk into this like bougie coffee shop in Vegas. And I'm loving it. I'm alive. But to be honest, I start feeling self-pity. So I'm like, 
you know, it means me. I look at you and I'm like, man, like, when am I going to have a family to do this with? Like, when am I going to, I mean, people think it's, there's FOMO only with like mm-hmm. successes. There's FOMO with family. Yeah. You know, like yep. I can say that from a seat of somebody who's single, like yep. the FOMO works both ways. Mm-hmm. And I walked in to be honest, having a little bit of self pity and I was just like, man, it'd be nice to like, first off, my friends at least could have been here. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I like to have a wife and kids experiences with. Well, if you did, and you wouldn't have been there. That's, that's my So let me just say that. <laughs> but, but, but here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm literally having these thoughts. I'm journaling and Joel Leggett, our friend from Atlanta calls me and he's like, you know, you know, he's like, man, God, what you doing? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm in sitting here at a coffee shop in, in Vegas. He goes, my God. He goes, do you know how often I want your life? And I said, wait, what? And he goes, I'm serious, bro. You go into the grave with no regrets. He goes, I want your life all the time. Uh, and I just thought, man, what a perfect picture We always of want comparison. what we don't have. I'm sitting here feeling sorry for myself. And this guy's yeah. like, I want your life. Yep. yep. It's kind of like that whole, like, rock stars always want to be movie stars. Movie stars always want to be rock stars. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm assuming married people at times can envy a single person's freedom and yeah. a single person thinks marriage will fix them. And yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I think uh, the comparison thing's real. It is. Well, I go back to, again, I, I think sometimes we downplay the mastery of someone like Solomon and what he wrote, mm-hmm. you know, again, and go back to, I, I know I kind of glossed over that verse a little bit cause I was trying to use the other part, but you know, when he says, I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's no different. Yeah. Nope. It's, we see on there, like you just said, we see on social media, I see them doing that. Why am I not doing that? He's over yeah. in Vegas. He's at a coffee shop in Vegas about to have fun going to this. Why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. It's because we're all, and it's, he says it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I. That's the I, key part, what your motivations are. Well, I, that's yeah. why I said, I think some of it, I think some of it in our situations, the reality is our, some of our expectations need to die. We need to bury them. Yep. We have these expectations about life that I'm not even sure that they're that real. Mm-hmm. We we are so shaped by the the social media influence. I don't care who it is. You follow. You could you could be inspired by John Mark Comer's life, yeah. and it may not be mm-hmm. at all what you wish you had in life like you might be yeah. miserable yeah. riding to work on your bicycle mm-hmm. uh, in seattle <laughs> or whatever i don't know what it is. he lives in la now okay okay yeah. la like you know choking on the choking <laughs> on the, choking on the smog in la on your bicycle um, Bro, I'm you know i to work with I, I think, over and i think that, that um <laughs> i think that i really do think that this is a problem with all of us in our culture I think not only do we need to bury some expectations, but I think we need to shift our dreams. Mm-hmm. I, one of the things that has happened, I feel like, in, in my life, and this, again, some of this I really attribute. It's funny because when you're younger, you're thankful that you're younger, and you, uh, and you are thankful that you're not older. And as you get older, you wish you were younger. And you can be a little envious of that, but then your whole perspective on life begins to shift and change, and you go, oh, I don't want that. And I, I can just tell you, as somebody who's in his late 30s, a little bit older than you, <laughs> or, or a little bit older than that, but I can just tell you that there are, there are some of my dreams, many of my dreams, I, I would say, that have completely changed, if not died completely. And I'm okay with it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I I remember like I remember having like these. I, I want to say it's the same exact kind of pity party for myself. Like I say, how long ago would this have been? Probably 12, 13 years ago, when I first again. This is I, I go back to what we talked about in the last one. I I benefited from not social media not being a thing and not having a thing and knowing what was going on even in the church world. So I just grew up in a little bubble in a small church and didn't know any different. And I'm thankful for that because it, it really, my motivations for doing what we do are so different than what I think they would be tempted to be today. Yeah. And, and I just remember learning about other people's ministries for the first time in 2006, seven, eight, starting to follow some of this. And I just remember having all this, like, I want to be Craig Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> like, you look at the the ministry, the things they were creating were, like, dynamic, this, you know. I'm like, th- like again, back at, this was back in 2007. It was just, I want to say it was more cutting edge than anything today. Like, I feel like it's not as much cutting edge as much as he's got systems and scale. Yeah. But back then it was cutting edge, and it was, like, everything I dreamed about, like, Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to be this. And then I also remember there being moments two years later, three years later, four years later, and it's nothing like that. And we'd grown some of this and literally feeling just like such a loser so many times. In fact, one of the things I really appreciated, and we've, I've tried to operate by this, was I remember this years and years ago, and I don't know if Craig Rochelle said it in an interview, but there was this trend still kind of exists. We kind of kicked out of that like five years ago. We might still do it, but we, we, I try to tell our team don't do it. It's like every milestone moment in a church, we need to advertise how many people we had. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it it was this thing. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember that back in 2010, 2011, it's like, we had this many people for Easter. We had this many people got baptized. This many people stood and gave their life to Christ. This many and and so it was hard to balance like no i want to celebrate some Numbers. things that god's doing in our community mm-hmm. but we've tried to do that more internally yeah. than externally yeah. but i always remember craig Rochelle, he he you can't find they don't post in social media and advertise except maybe the launch of a new campus we had this but they don't advertise you usually find out about the stuff cuz in a podcast or something else he may talk about it mm-hmm. but i remember something he said he said i i remember this feeling he said when you are so excited that you broke 100 people for the first time and you want to celebrate that and you feel like it's a big deal and you do that and you get on social media and then you see that, uh, you know, that uh, that church just broke 10,000. Mm. Or you are so excited about five people who got baptized. That's a huge deal. Five people got baptized in your church mm-hmm. and then you see about a church that had 450 baptisms mm-hmm. in one weekend. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, I suck. I should just quit right now. This, and yeah. and I, I remember like dealing with that tension even in ministry and growing up in, in it. And all I can say is that things, I think when my soul was unhealthy, those kind of um, expectations I had, um, and I don't, I just, I think they needed to die. Mm-hmm. I think this idea that I need to somehow be a Craig Rochelle or a Chris Hodges mm-hmm. or a Norman McManus, mm-hmm. like that has like in the last few years from like has just died for me. Yeah. Um, I still am. And let me say this. Again. I still am ambitious, but I have the whole part of me, like of having to do something, be something and reach a certain number has just fallen off. Mm-hmm. And I think I've come to terms with, I don't, I think maybe that's the wrong dream for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, I, like that's not the right dream for me. Yeah. And a, a huge paradigm shifting thing for me that was kind of like a slap in the face at the same time was the realization one day. I just woke up one day and went, it's funny because, again, I, I say his name because when it was early on in our growth and I was trying to, like, I modeled, not to say modeled, but I admired Craig Rochelle and what they had in Life Church from probably about mm-hmm. when our church started to really grow in 2008 to 2013, 14, like, and we were getting help from Life Church. Like, Kevin mm-hmm. Penry, one of the executive members, was inviting me to come out and spend days with him out there and mm-hmm. helping me with strategy. I mean, they, so I admired everything about their ministry. And um, I just, I'll never forget the realization. Uh, one day it hit me, and I don't remember if someone said I was on a podcast, but I realized the parable of talents. Hmm. And that uh, Jesus says the master gave one guy five talents, another guy two talents, another guy one talent. Hmm. And I remember the realization I came to and went, I'm not Craig Rochelle. I'm probably never going to create a life church. And maybe God didn't want to give me five talents. Because <laughs> I would look at it and go, Craig got five, maybe ten. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and so there was there's a little bit of well, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we don't all have the same capacity. Mm-hmm. It's not all fair. Like I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not ever going to I mean, mm-hmm. at this point Craig Rochelle's a few years older than me. I'm never catching Craig Rochelle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe I need to stop chasing that. Mm-hmm. Because Good. that's not yeah. the dream for me, <laughs> and that uh, it was a—it's kind of a—it's like a slap in the face, but it's also freeing. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, you're speaking against everything that American culture is all about. I'm aware. Like it, the, maybe the practical <laughs> takeaway, but that's the way you unheard your life. I mean, you—you yeah. you practically said, "I am going to stop." Not that you were maybe mm-hmm. doing this intentionally, but uncelebritying. I just made up that word. Your focus. Your I stopped wanting to be that person or there have their success or do that. Because here's what I know for the, the, all the, the things where I can feel miserable about the fact that we haven't grown to this size and we don't have 45 locations around the country in five different states and da, 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 all that good stuff. There's somebody else mm-hmm. that is just being faithful mm-hmm. in some other environment with 80 people mm-hmm. in a small town that's never, that, I mean, it's, not even that many people in the town that's probably never going to have a church like ours mm-hmm. in a space we have. And, and for me to sit there and think that what I have is worthless because it's not that is almost a, me slapping somebody else in the face and not being faithful with what God's given me. Yeah. And so it's just that whole concept of capacity and all that has taken me some time to not in a negative way go, well, yeah, you just suck. You're a, you're a one-talent person. Mm-hmm. And it sounds awful, but one talent was worth a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot, yeah. of, over a million dollars. I mean, if you were to calculate the money, it was a day's wage for a year. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. And what I want to be is faithful with what I have. And so what I'm saying is as I've gotten older and wiser, and they can go together, my dreams have started to change. And when my dreams have changed, it's not that I don't want to still create things. I have these ideas. I have pulled back expectations of I've got to be this. And I'm, I'm never going to be Erwin McManus. Mm-hmm. I should stop trying to be Erwin McManus someday and going, oh, this. 
I admire the fact that at 64, 65, he's still creating things and he has the vigor of life that he has. Yes. And that's what I want. But I'm not going to, I'm not the same person. I'm not thinking the same way. I don't right. live in the same part of the country. I don't like, I could go to Texas. I mean, I tell myself all the time, you go to Texas. I mean, they yeah. tell you, if you don't have a church of 5,000 in 10 years, something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're not going to grow that here. Well, if yeah. God's called me to be here, then I, I just want to be faithful with what I'm doing here and I want to enjoy yeah. the journey. Yeah, I think a sweet spot. I think, I think I know I'm in a healthy space when I am excited and fueled by what I want to create yeah. while also able to enjoy my season. Yeah. yeah. If totally I great. can, the, 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 I think that's where, kind of like you talking about the motivation. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we get exhausted when our motivations for self because it's just not a good fuel mm-hmm. and we end up getting frustrated and insecure, you know, just like, but if I can be really passionate, I mean, I know we don't quote him a lot, but I, I'll never forget the image. I like it. The John Piper gave, he said, so he said each year, pick a few God sized goals and just go after them. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can do that in a way that energizes you because you're doing it to impact the world while still enjoying the journey, mm-hmm. and it's not so cliche, but if you enjoy the journey and enjoy and be grateful for the season you're in, mm-hmm. I think it's a really healthy place. Because I think the thing that's interesting about um, John Mark Homer and Irma Manis is the the end goal to me looks the same, which is interesting because, in fact, I, I want to read kind of a quote related to this. Because he, um, I wrote this down. This is a podcast he did, like, I don't know, about seven months ago. But it was on urgency, kind of, kind of related to this. But it's interesting because I think all three of us would say we want to be the kind of person who's filled with peace and with calm. Um, but one of the things that people would all, often ask Erwin is, "How are you so calm?" And here, here's where it was just interesting for him. His calmness came from his urgency. This was, this was his quote. Um, he was talking about how time affects people differently. Mm-hmm. And he said, when you feel like life is passing you by, it's because you like urgency. And when you like urgency, time moves faster than you. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, I think sometimes where I put that in is, are there areas of my life that I'm moving really fast in a hurried way over things that don't matter? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But are there other areas where I'm like, um, you know, like a great thing he gave an example could be like your physical health. Like we we tend to rush around about things that don't matter. But when it comes to your physical health, a lot of times we don't have urgency until it becomes a crisis. Mm -hmm. He said, but the things that matter the most, being a good father, being a good husband, being a a follower of Jesus, the the things that you decide matter. If you can create an internal sense of urgency, not panic or, Mm -hmm. or hurry but an urgency that drives you to move towards those things with passion, then your amount of regret lessens. Yeah. You actually feel like you have more control of your life mm-hmm. because you're not putting off the things that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. We haven't even got to the other intersection uh, between all this, which is like the balance between, okay, if you want to have ambition or or focus on where you want to go, but then you also want to be comfortable, however you said it, in yeah. your season. Like where does risk-taking come into yeah. all this? Because I know that mm-hmm. we've had podcasts with entrepreneurs and people mm-hmm. who like to take risk, and all three of us would say it's good to take a risk. Mm-hmm. And there's it's so many different tensions. Plus, one of the things I've uncovered, 
um, and I know we're going to wrap up soon, but just I'm someone who's ambitious um, by nature. I'm a big dreamer by by nature, mm-hmm. but because of upbringing and just a couple of other different things and personality, um, sometimes I almost have to get over uh, that feeling of like either self-promotion or self-like uh, or feeling like I have to apologize for my ambitions or my dreams. Like that's been an internal mental structure that I've had to overcome and I've been working through over the last 12 months is what it looked like to like want to step into something more and not feel like I have to apologize for that or, or yeah. justify that or, or feel like, you know, I, I need approval from anyone to go after that. Um, but yeah, just how that all intersects and works. It's an interesting thing. But one practical thing I was going to say, um, cause you think you gave a practical one in terms of uncelebrating or changing your expectations. Um, surprisingly this past, we just came off 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. One of the things I fasted was social media. First true social media fast I've done since I've had it. And I've always been kind of like, eh, it's fine. Like, you can fast social media if you want. And In John Mark Comer's words, you can abstain. Abstain. It's not it, a fast. It would be abstain. You are correct. <laughs> I still believe that's true. Um, but I was shocked hmm. at what it did for my soul mm-hmm. and how it changed my perspective. And that was, I was just thinking about ways you can intentionally, as John Mark Comer says, unhurry your life, but still hone and focus your ambitions or what you want to step forward into, increase your speed, mm-hmm. um, how much that changed me. Mm-hmm. Even now that we're out of that, that season, I find myself not on them. Yeah. And I haven't re-downloaded all the apps and done things i'm not saying i'm never gonna not do anything the rest of the year or be involved with it or what i yeah. i'm still working out what that looks like for me and my life but i just think from a practical <laughs> standpoint it's i was shocked at how much it changed me it, yeah. it makes a difference my mm-hmm. family said the same thing because a, a couple of them did it i didn't do it this time though. a couple of them did it but you're rarely on I, I don't i don't get on very much and i have a time limit that i set on the one app that i use but honestly when i it really did help. When I went through a season about a year and a half where I didn't get on social media at all, um, I the only reason why I did was because it was I was releasing a book. Yeah. Like you know, and it was like, oh, yeah. I need to get on here and start connect promoting and doing all this stuff for releasing a book. Um, it what it changed that was so significant goes back to the core issue of this conversation in that one passage, Ecclesiastes four four. Mm-hmm. I had I remember people talking about it. I was so, it took me back to the old days of starting a church. I was so in the dark of anybody else's, like I'm saying, in our industry, church, any other ministry. I had no idea what anybody else was preaching about. I had no idea what anybody was doing. No idea their accomplishments. No idea how many people have, who opened new locations, who created new books. I had zero. Mm -hmm. People were like, did you know about Nope, had no clue. It is amazing how your world changes when you shut all that out. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I stopped really caring or comparing. Yeah, and how much your, your I don't know about y'all, but because I told you, very similar to me, how much your mental space clears up. Yeah. Um, how much your emotional equilibrium stabilizes. Like, it's just, um, it is amazing. I'm curious as we close, uh, for you, put you on the spot, circle back on what he said, because I think there's a lot of people uh that find themselves, I think everybody, well, anybody that gets drive or ambitious or has passions and dreams does eventually. Like, how do you, what's, what's the balance of 
I have these dreams. I don't need to apologize for them. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to step out. I don't want to put words in your mouth. How would how, you phrase it? Uh, I want to step out, but I don't need... I don't need the approval of anyone. Like, like if I feel like this is something that God's put inside of me, like, like I just need to trust and take a risk and go out, like, something like that. So, what what is your question in regards to what you want me to say in response well, to that? There's like, a lot of people that are in that seat. I just, what would you say to a well, young man or young lady that's like that says that? Um, I. Okay, taking you particularly out of this, I'm just going to use a more general, okay? Yeah, yeah, don't. I don't know your particular, but more general. Um, first of all, I think just I think we have to be careful that we're pretty convinced that we know what God's called us to do. Yep. Mm. I, I'm just saying from my own experience, there have been different seasons of my life and in ministry where I was pretty sure I knew what I was supposed to mm -hmm. build. <laughs> and I find myself starting going, eh, maybe I wasn't supposed to build that. Or do that. Um, it, the story that comes to my mind is the pastor out of Colorado that started a 1.3 or what 3.4 million dollar crypto uh, scam that uh, that uh, has been on the news lately. Solid. All talking about, well, the Lord told me to do it. <laughs> I'm like, well, well the Lord crazy. tells a lot of people a lot of crazy. things to do, and uh, you know, and we didn't. We didn't waste all of that, you know. I yeah, one point three million of it is gone, but you know, a lot of that went to taxes and some remodeling a house that the Lord told us to remodel. <laughs> I love wow. how he just admitted it, huh? He just admitted you know, it. I mean, he did a video that just came out, but we're we. I mean, it's like, okay, I think we, unless I mean, I think we just have to be a little bit cautious because this is where I want to lean into. This is where I was trying to challenge people in week two of this last series is, do you know what you're called to do? And let's remove job, function, role, all of that. That personal, what am I personally, like what did he call me to do in life? Yeah. If I can strip back to that and just get that, then I'm going to stop trying to attach a particular dream to it. Because this is the challenge that I, I have faced internally. And I can identify with what you're saying is that I'm always trying to figure out where is it that it was like God's leading versus it was actually my flesh. Mm -hmm. I can have the right motives and ambitions because I really feel called to ministry and do all this, but then I can tack onto that my flesh of what I've seen everybody else do that I admire and I really want to do that. Mm. But what if that's not the talent that God gave me? And so I've had to kind of like really try to unpack that. It's been a like personal to kind of like really kind of land with God, what am I, what do I really feel passionate about doing and called mm -hmm. to do? Do I have the margin in that season to move toward that? Mm -hmm. Also, do I have a gifting in that? Like there's so many things to kind of, to, to mm -hmm. really work through and figure out, you know, what, what I think is kind of sometimes this is where I get to the risk aspect. I, I don't want to risk something because I have a faulty dream or expectation. When I say faulty, I'm not going back by the motive. The motive might be pure in intention where I feel called by God to do something, but I've attached something that really isn't of God to it. And I'm pursuing after that. And then we can sometimes go do things out of risk for that. And by the way, when it fails, I'm speaking right now about, I mean, let's be honest. When they say like, and I don't know if this number is really true, but 80% of all church plants fail mm -hmm. in five years. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about all these pastors that felt really called to plant a church. Mm -hmm. They all failed. Whose fault is it? We're saying it's God's fault. Like, I mean, they are, 
right intention, right motive, pure in heart. I just want to start a church so I can do this. I believe that. I believe that as a church planner. I believe most of them, that probably was their intention. The question is, where along the lines did we start adding all these other things on top of it to go create something that really isn't what we were called to do or wasn't, wasn't called to create? And, and so I, I think that there's a whole lot of the, the, the thing I, I go back to over and over where before I'd ever talk about risk or doing these things is I would, again, if I were sitting down with somebody and they go, I got all these dreams, ambitions of this, I would say, what are they? Go ahead and say them out loud. And then as they go, so, well, I want to build this and I feel like I'm called to start this and I want to do this with every single one of them. I'd say, why? Why are you called to do that? Like, like. I think we have to get real honest with figuring out the motive behind everything that we are trying Mm -hmm. to create. And like, I I, I don't think it's wrong to have motive and drive and ambition because I have it too, but I'm trying to temper that with where is the God type of opportunities. I want to be prepared for those opportunities. And if I have a passion, I mean, I'm starting something right now with business leaders and other things in the church that I've kind of have like a little bit of a passion in doing things I've been talking about for two years. Partly I'm doing it now because I have the margin and space to try to create something. It may be nothing. It may create more opportunities to do some other things that I would love to do. Mm -hmm. What I've been trying to do is submit those to God. God, and so in some of my letter, I would love to, but I've been, I've had some of those same prayers that I've asked God for opportunities for certain things for 10 years that haven't happened. Mm -hmm. Some point I'm just like, maybe God doesn't want me to have that opportunity. Maybe that opportunity, I mean, it's like that whole thing, you know, you get what you want, but you don't have what you need to sustain it. Maybe there's a blessing in some of the things that we don't actually get. The th- you know what I mean? The things that we really desperately want that isn't from God. And so I, I've tried to get more and more of the posture of, here's my dreams and plans and thoughts that I have. Now I'm going to submit them and say, God, is this what you want me to do? And if it is, will you open up a door and will you bring the opportunity to me? Again, I, that the lazy side and what I'm not saying is then you just sit around and you just wait for God to drop a business opportunity or a new speaking mm-hmm. opportunity. And that, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. As you kind of said before, are you sharpening your sword? Are you, are you mm-hmm. fine tuning your skill? Are you like, if I, I, I mean, I've got, I've had all these crazy thoughts of going back to school and it wouldn't be in the subject of ministry <laughs> necessarily. Cause there's things I want to do in the intersection of faith and ministry for over 20 years of doing that with business, with science, with, you know what I mean? And so, but I just, again, I submitting those to God. I don't know where it's going to go, what it's going to lead and what it's going to look like. And, but I, I think we, I think we look beyond the faithfulness of doing what he's called us to do right now in this season. And, and I think we can get, this is this and me speaking from my own personal experience of feeling really, um, really unhappy really miserable mm-hmm. being faithful doing what God's called me to do. Mm-hmm. That's not good. If any of us are in a place where we are not happy and satisfied doing the very thing that God's called us to do, it's because we have attached some other expectation or dream or something that maybe is beyond what God's really called us to do in that season. Um, we have something that we're not looking at right. And so I I have ambition and motivation, but I temper that all the time with, I, it's like, I want to enjoy, as you said, I want to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a perspective. I felt like I never could enjoy the journey. Whereas I feel like today I can enjoy it more. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's part of me when I think about the future potential vision and plans for the church and growth that I go, that sounds awesome, but part of it sounds <laughs> like, you know, it's the whole, man, I can't wait till the place is just full. It's great. You get to do it again then. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't wait till it's full and we fill them too. We're great, we, get to, we get to add a third service. We're talking Guess about what that's more time, more demand. Like, I can't wait till it's a four service. Guess what? Yeah. I've preached four times on every weekend before. It's exhausting. It's tiring. Yeah. You're, you don't, you're missing out. You know what I mean? So I, I don't want to wish away the joy of the season that I'm in because I'm living with some kind of false expectation and maybe even a dream that I'm not supposed to pursue or change at least in the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. And those are all very personal, yeah. unique. I can't, you can't slap that as a label on you or you and go, you need to drop your expectation of dreams and just fold your hands, be idle. And do, like, that's not what I'm saying either. Mm-hmm. I'm just speaking as someone who has been the hurry up. We can't get there fast enough change everything like in a month if it's not working i'm the one that one year into ministry literally frustrated told god because our church hadn't grown if this doesn't change in one year i quit wait that was i i i said those words four months four or five months after i went full-time not even one year into full-time ministry and i was so frustrated i told god i was like if it doesn't change in a year i quit so I'm just telling you the perspective yeah. of a person who is like, mm-hmm. it can't happen soon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I asked you because that's some, that's some gold. I'm just saying 20 years later, stuff. my perspective has changed it quite is, a bit, to be honest with you. It is funny how we've talked about um, um, when we say, well, we want to get here with services, this amount of people. And then we've also had the conversation of the danger when you get so healthy, you become comfortable in mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that tension. And, um, but I, I, I won't even try to add what you said because I, that's why I asked you. It was so great. Well, I, was I a bunch of rambling. To, to, to quote his, uh, his, I don't say hero, but um, Tom Comer, the dream is always longer, harder, different, better. Um, and we see through a glass darkly. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we think we've heard, I mean, heard God, it looks different. The timing looks different. I've, I've written in my journal so many times, Russ, hold your calling with a closed hand. Hold what it looks like with an open hand. Yes. Um, yes. And yes. enjoy the moments. I mean, I, I, I use, uh, you know, I don't talk about it a lot publicly, but I've, I've always, I've never been that person to go around and say, I know, like, God talks to me 24-7. Yeah. But I've had moments that I know. I mean, when I moved to Lexington, like, the Lord spoke to me and said, you'll be here five years. That's what I felt. Mm-hmm. And it was five years on the dot. didn't plan. I didn't even think about it until I, I moved. Yeah. Same thing happened in Atlanta, mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be a lead pastor. Mm-hmm. I felt like God began to speak stuff to me in 2016 about planning a church. I had multiple leaders, like executives mm-hmm. from churches. I see this in you. You, you, you needed blah, blah, blah. And then I felt like um, in the middle of that, and who knows, maybe that's God's will one day. It's not been on my front burner for years now. Yeah. But in the middle of all that, I felt that same sense of God speaking to me. Russ, this is going to happen by this age. I must have heard God wrong because <laughs> that age has passed. It's, it's, it's so like, and, and, and if I'm not careful, I can be like, well, like, but yeah. I think it just goes to show, like, I, I have enough track record to where I, I do know I know how to hear from God. Yeah. Um, but there's moments where, like, okay, even the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. who saw the dead raised, the sick healed, and had revelations, said, for now on this side of, the, of eternity, yeah. 
even our most prophetic, we see it almost like through a dark glass. And I'm never going to see it perfectly. And yeah, I want to I want to get better and better at enjoying the journey mm. while still moving forward, pressing forward. There's a there's a whole another layer to we want to talk about. There's another layer of pressure when you're the visionary leading an organization with those same that same mentality. There are been this is why I don't do it now. There have been times when I put it out there, this vision is like in two years, we're going to have this many people, and we're going to have this, and I feel like God's going to do this. And guess what? Two years later, it wasn't even close. <laughs> and I went, uh, okay. Uh, I'm telling you, I, so you, the, like, I, I, you won't probably hear from me. Like, I'll have a, uh, it, it, like, it's maybe it's the whole, you know, you're real cautious next time, and maybe it does affect you, but, you know, it's like the people are like, oh, we're going to, you know, I know someone, so I don't want to say this is wrong. It's like, oh, we're going to have 30 campuses in 30 years. I, I don't know that. <laughs> what I want to do is feel like I know the direction mm-hmm. I'm supposed to move. Yeah. And I want to build yeah. for 30 years. Yeah. And then finish that well and leave it for whatever. And I think that's kind of the difference of where I am. It's been this whole, like, mental picture of this is what arriving looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to live that way anymore. It's like, oh, well, if we had five locations, then mm-hmm. I will have done my job. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. What if we only had three, mm-hmm. and I did it well, and then it was time to get out of the way and move on? Awesome. What if we had eight? Wouldn't that mm-hmm. be am- like? Yeah. I just have stopped trying to create the picture right. of the future, right. and started more focusing on what's the direction that I'm moving, mm-hmm. and just building that direction and try to enjoy the journey. Right. Yeah. And that has really and trust God like, and results. I love yeah. what we're doing right now and where we are. And so I have less of this, like, oh, when are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. I have less of that. And it's, I mean, it's been a long journey to get to this building and and all that. And it, not that the building is anything, but it, it it enables us to do ministry the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. But there's more steps and other things. But I am just, I'm telling you, this is why I'm not in a rush. This is why some of you are like, what, when are we going to talk about what's next? Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this moment right now still. Like I want, you know, I can say too, I struggle so much just like anybody else, but I have, I I will say maybe this, maybe I'm finally um, maturing in some of these areas, but I will say over the last like year or two, especially the last few months, I remind myself often, don't take this season for granted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even this morning, God, thank how. I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah. I get I get to be in a church I love mm-hmm. and work with my friends mm-hmm. and be in the kind of church I dreamed about mm-hmm. and I get to do this and, and like yeah. oh my how freaking lucky am I and yeah. I don't deserve it. Yeah. God, you shouldn't even let me be in ministry. <laughs> you shouldn't even let me be called a son like yeah. but not only that but I get to like yeah. And, yeah. and I just if I I want to keep a spirit of vision and gratitude. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. the same time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Love That's it. Good. I don't know if it'll be helpful for anybody else. I feel like we just do therapy at this table for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 hopefully the principles translate. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think I no matter so. where you're at in life, you can you wrestle with comparison. Yeah, you wrestle with where I'm at in life, where I want to be. Mm-hmm. How do I manage my schedule? How do I manage my energy? I mean, that's just I think it's something we all wrestle yeah. with and, and navigate through. So hopefully this has helped you. Send us in your tips. Yeah. Um, but thank you for for always is. What was that? Excuse me? That means we're done. Yep, we're done. (laughs) 
Thank you for joining us, as always. And uh, it's been a great conversation, uh, life-giving, therapeutic, and hopefully it's helped you. And we will see you next week. Hey guys, it's Russ. Thanks so much for listening. We really believe if we can get around tables instead of behind screens, if we can talk to each other instead of at each other, we can make the world better. To help us do that, here are a few things you can do to help. First, if you haven't yet, leave a review on Apple or Spotify and hit subscribe on YouTube. This helps more than you know. Also, if you have been impacted by the community out of which this podcast comes, that's X Church. Maybe you're local or you've been touched by the messages and impact across the country, even the world. I want to encourage you to support this work. A powerful life principle is to invest in the people and places that invest in you. And so I want to invite you to do that right now by going to the x.church slash give. You can give a one-time small gift, a sacrificial gift, or even become a recurring partner. Together, let's keep elevating the conversation, thinking higher, loving deeper, and making the world better. Cheers.